Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to give a quick little intro update um, and thank everybody um, for the over 1,500 downloads we've had in just a little, little over two months. Um, majority of those were all in the first month, so thank you so much. Uh, we haven't had a podcast up in the last month, um, so thank you so much. I'm super humbled. Um, this podcast was recorded back in April and has been banked up until about now. Uh, this is a uh, super busy season for me and my career as a realtor. Um, so speaking of that, uh, please stay tuned to the end of the episode and hear my newest commercial um, that is playing right now on Hope 107.9. Uh, and uh, next week, I'm joined by Amy Walsh, the CEO of Direction Service, um, as well as Direction Service. We're going to be talking about the top five bucket list items. Um, this is going to be geared towards uh, people who are um, not in their 20s anymore. And uh, so it's going to be super fun. Uh, maybe um, priorities have changed since I was 22 years old. Um, but uh, it's going to be super fun. And uh, I really look forward to recording that tomorrow. And um, let's see here. And the last thing, uh, please, please, please look up hashtag save the nurse midwifery birth center. That's hashtag save the nurse midwifery birth, birth center. Um, enjoy, everybody. We are preparing for summer in today's podcast. You are listening to the Tell Podcast, the Eugene Life. I'm your host, Aaron Stansbury, a local realtor for Keller Williams. This podcast is a positive look into the people and places that help make Lane County a great place to live. In today's podcast, I sit down with Nathan Woods, the COO of Rungum, and we discuss paddleboarding in the top five places in our area to paddleboard. I am here in my studio located at the Keller Williams Realty Office on Suzanne Way next to Costco um, with my guest, Nathan Woods, the COO of Rungum. Nathan, how you doing? Aaron, I'm doing awesome. How are you today? I'm doing so good. Um, I am, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I have a five-month-old, and I am tired. <laughs> well, I, I brought something for you here that that helps. What um, a segue! <laughs> it, it, maybe not created for this purpose, but is maybe the best product for weary, tired parents. <laughs> I love it. Um, so it's that's a that's I love the packaging. It's blue mint. Okay, I love that. Caffeine, taurine, and B vitamins. Awesome. Um, I'm going to have you just, you know, kind of talk about that a little bit later. Yep. Um, you have, uh, is it okay if I share, you know, you have, you have two beautiful girls. I have two beautiful little girls. And then a beautiful wife and also. Then, uh, an amazingly yeah. beautiful wife and talented and awesome wife as well named Cecilia. That's awesome. So your daughters are a little bit older than mine. Um, it, it doesn't get better when the, in the sleeping ca- area. Um, you know, my girls aren't the best sleepers and have never been. I've, we've always, after our first, um, Francesca, who's four now, we always thought like, oh, the second one's going to be a better sleeper. And <laughs> she is in a, her own way, but at the same time, not like one thing for sure is they, our kids have never slept in a car. Um, and they've never been great nappers. And oh so my goodness. when they're in their bed, <clears throat> their bed, like nothing else, yeah. like when they're in their specific bed, they, um, they do pretty good. Um, but we, we don't have, I was just visiting with a friend and, you know, his son sleeps like 12 hours a day until like 10 a.m. Then takes oh like a six goodness. hour nap. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, I don't even know what that is. So um, I can't really give you any advice there. But um, 
they they we we survive. So you're saying it's possible that they'll get better, but if not, you're still going to be we're, we're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, you'll survive. It's not yeah. they might not become great sleepers. I'm not a great sleeper. Well, I'm a great sleeper for the hours that I do sleep. But yeah, I just, I don't you know I'm I don't sleep a ton either. So I don't know if it's they got my genes and they can survive, but. Um, my daughter Maggie is a lot like me, I think, in the sleeping area, and I'm not a great sleeper either. Yeah. Um, my wife can fall asleep the second she closes her eyes. Yeah. Jenny's really good at that, but myself and Maggie, no, we need to be distracted until we fall asleep. I think. You know what I discovered um, recently, and it's um, it's an app called Calm. Oh. And it it tells it like goes and does like 15 minute stories, 20 minute stories of like these very like mellow like sleepy oh. stories. Yeah. Um. And I, I found it for one of the kids one time because I was like, one of those, like, I can't get this kid to sleep. Maybe I put on this story and it mm-hmm. knocked her, like, she went to sleep. And so I was like, no, I even use it sometimes. So it's, oh, very it's, cool. it's, yeah, they just do these, like, and even um, Matthew McConaughey has it. One, one of the, oh, the really? stories is pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah, if that's, that's one tip for tired parents is the app Calm and it gives you sleepy time stories. I love that. Uh, so I, I typically listen to podcasts when I go to sleep also. Yeah. A lot of uh, stuff you should know. Um, the worst thing about that podcast is they have these really loud commercials oh, and it's it. super annoying. Um, but at this point, my, my daughter does sleep with the uh, the sound machine going. Yep, sound machine is um, important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so we did not come here to talk about parenthood, even though I would love to pick your brain because I think of you as a really uh, quality uh, quality guy and a good father. Um, and a, and a good husband, um, from the, the little bit that I do know you, I, mm-hmm. I respect you in those areas. Well, thank um, you. so, um, it's about as good a compliment as I can give anybody. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's number one priority, right? That's it, right. It's, you know, and we'll talk about successes elsewhere, but I've always heard it. I was always heard it said that success at work without success at home is not success at all. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's been something that I have plastered to my wall at work and, you know, I know if I, if I, if I fail at my family life, it's going to, in the end, I, I fail with the, the work life. And so it's, it's the focus. So. Wow. I love that. Um, sounds like you're a pretty good boss also. Mm-hmm. Um, so before, uh, we, uh, we, we talk about the top five places in our area to paddleboard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, you've told us a little bit about your family and your family dynamics. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about your journey. Yeah, yeah. So I am. Um, I've been in Eugene now since 2014. Um, I, I came from not too far away, down in Coos Bay. Um, I um, went to school down there and, and was a three sport athlete down there. You and Pre. Yeah, me know? and Pre are best friends. Actually, yeah. I wasn't, but my dad was. Oh, really? Um, no well, kidding. not best friends, but you know, they grew up in, yeah. a year apart. And down there, there's. I mean, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's not a huge community. Yeah, you go to the same schools and things like that. So, I grew up down down there. Um, I came up here for school. Um, my parents were University of Oregon grads. My brother was a track and field athlete here oh, at the wow. time as well. Um, and I originally didn't think I was going to come to U of O. I was a football player down there and knew that I wasn't quite ready for Oregon football, but mm-hmm. I could have played small college football. Um, and so that was my path um Mm -hmm. it wasn't my first choice to come to u of o um but um a couple games into my senior year i uh, i was injured um had a knee injury Mm -hmm. and and i'd like to say it was just a simple acl something like that which isn't simple but i'd like to say it was just simple (laughs) acl yeah um it was a little more traumatic than that i Mm -hmm. um ruptured the artery and had nerve damage and as a senior year in high school um my first 
about eight weeks of high school was spent in the hospital between Coos Bay and Portland, just recovering from oh, um, blood blood loss and a lot of issues. And so my football days were over pretty quick. Um, wow. But through that um, and through the process of that and dealing with that, I was invited to come to University of Oregon and be part of the football program um, as a way to one rehab and get back moving again and then and then just kind of be part of the program and be part of football still. So that's what br- ended up bringing me to Eugene was a really tragic football incident that wow. um, allowed me to experience some awesome things being a part of the program I always rooted for just in a much different way. So, <laughs> yeah. How, so I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't know that part of your story exactly. I, you know, I knew little pieces yeah. here and there. Um, who, who was it that like basically was like, you know, Nathan, we want to bring you on to the, you know, the, into the football program. Yeah. The cool thing about being on a, a little coastal fishing town, mm-hmm. um, not too far away from the university is all of the coaches of the old regime, um, would come down to Coos Bay to hunt and fish. And so oh, the, the Marshfield okay. coaches, <clears throat> We're really good friends with the Oregon coaches, and oh, so I've I been see. able. I through through my time and through my time just and being my brother's younger brother, who mm-hmm. was also a really good football player and on the track program, had just met all the coaches. Um, and, and so they are aware of you. They're aware and they of the situation. The story yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and we out. We at that point, Marshfield was still playing Eugene schools, and so we were oh, part okay. of the league up here, and so they were familiar with it. But it, it was. A combination of the coaches. Um, Mike Bellotti was the one who ended up calling me. I was in the hospital, and I'll never forget it, although I can barely remember it just because of all the issues. But sure. it was the night before they played Michigan in 2013. No Or kidding. 2003. Three, yeah. And all of a sudden, my brother answers the phone, and he goes, it's coach. And I'm thinking, it's my high school coach. Yeah. And he kind of had a smirk on his face. I'm like, it's like 7 o'clock. They're having a high school game. What is he calling me for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then I answer, and he's like, Coach Bellotti here. And I was like, and it took a while to like think about, like, wait. <laughs> who's this? And so, yeah, he was the one who invited me up. He said, Hey, when you, um, if you come to university of Oregon, we'd love you to be part of the program and, and help you out during your, your journey of getting back on your feet. And, um, you know, that, that led to working using the treatment facilities, using the athletic trainers. And ultimately I ended up just helping the equipment room guys and was an equipment manager for the the final few years of my college once I was able to get moving again. So it was, wow. a, it was a, Really awesome gesture by them. Um, obviously, I have a ton of respect um, for Mike Blotty, still mm-hmm. do, and just that he didn't have to do that. Yeah. Um, the trainers didn't have to – well, they might have had to. I don't really yeah, – yeah, <laughs> they totally. might have been told, yeah, you need to take care of the kid, but they did sure. it. Kim Terrell, who's still there, um, did it joyfully, um, um, helped me um, wow. just get back and moving again. So. And Oregon won that game, right? I believe was I, was, game, yeah, I think yeah. It was, yeah I think Oregon did end up winning that Michigan and then getting that and that led to just some really awesome experiences from going to bowl games <clears> between <throat> the years 2004 to 2009 and meeting a lot of cool people and, and being part of a program that like I said I always wish to be part of and you know ultimately as as we get into the family life you know being here in the University of Oregon and being connected with my brother and, and joining what um. And, and where we've met the first time at mm-hmm. it, through cross training, which is the athlete mm-hmm. ministry on campus. Um, ultimately, um, that's what um, where I met Cecilia. Um, and so <laughs> it, at, at that time, I was 2009, I was getting ready to graduate college and I, I was going to leave. I, not yeah. because I didn't hate Eugene or I hated Eugene, just I wanted to go experiencing something. And then totally. those last few months before graduation, I meet a girl and <laughs> what, we're at 2009, we're 10 years later, I'm still here. So. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad you, you met Cecilia and also that, uh, that you're still here in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I guess that kind of, that kind of leads us into rungum a little bit. Um, how did you get 
involved with Run Gum? So that's a fun story in, in itself. So post-graduation 2009, a really ideal time to graduate college <laughs> and try to go find a job when um, I think every kind of big industry was failing um, and didn't really ha- didn't have a lot of opportunities out there. I um, through my connections with the football program actually started um, connecting with the Pape group and the, mm-hmm. the, the Ryan Pape specifically. And they had a job at the Pape Kenworth um, here locally. Um, and it was driving truck parts around town. So oh, wow. um, I didn't know what I want to do for, out of school um, really. Um, mm-hmm. I actually didn't want to be part of anything athletic. I just kind of mm-hmm. was felt like I needed to get away from sports. And so I thought truck parts would be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't take too long to realize I was way out of my league and all the, my <laughs> knowledge base and just the, the type of personality it was. And so I left that and went back to school um, and got a master's degree in, um, or pursued a master's degree. And I ha- actually I got my master's degree and um, it was a unique one. It was a East coast school, but I got to be here and it was in sports event management essentially. So okay. it, was, it was really unique. Um, and through the, pursuing that, I, um, went to the organization putting on the 2012 Olympic trials mm-hmm. and said, Hey, I'm getting a master's degree and putting on an event. Yeah. Do you guys have any internships or anything? And so I started interning, um, as a, you know, a master's student with the 2012 Olympic trials and that, it was more than just an internship. It was, it was, I ended up um, kind of doing a lot of the stuff over the time. Went from like doing social media to doing VIP hospitality and sponsorship to by the time I left, um, I was the business operation manager and we'd put on the 2012 Olympic trials, NCAA championships in 2013, um, the 2014 um, world junior championships Wow, and yeah. was part of the process of bidding for a lot of these other events that we brought into our area in the last few years. And so, um, it was an awesome experience, but what ultimately came out of that was I was working for a gentleman who was the director, um, of the, or our organization or of Tracktown USA, mm-hmm. um, a gentleman might name by Sam LaPrey, mm-hmm. who is also Nick Simmons, the <coughs> local 800 meter runners coach. Mm-hmm. And in four years, we just developed a really, really, really awesome working relationship together and, and just were able to connect it a real way. And it was a, um, just really enjoyed working for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was starting to see my time doing events, just in the taxing, what it was on our family, just yeah. putting on events like that, um, and saw that my time coming to an end, <clears throat> Sam had approached me and said, Hey, um, so Nick and I, Nick Simmons and I have been playing with this idea of doing a, a caffeine gum. <laughs> and, and I started working, doing things for this caffeine gum company while I was get like putting legitimately putting on the world junior championships. I'm like oh, wow. doing different things. Cause I just kind of assumed like, he's my boss. Like yeah. I got to do what he asked me to do. But I was doing like packaging and things like this. And, <laughs> I'm, and I'm finally, I was like, why am I doing all this work for this caffeine company? He's like, Oh, well, we're starting a caffeine gum company and we need you to be our number one employee. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was 2014, summer 2014. I was, um, uh, we, we transitioned and launched this company called Run Gum. And, um, and that's kind of what we've been doing since. So, Wow. And um, I know you probably have some more questions, but I'll let you ask, ask you, me a question. You know, I'm, I'm going to, but I, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of actually reminded as you were talking about your family and I, I, I kind of want to share this story. Yeah. It's kind of an awkward one. I feel kind of like a, a, feel a little bit like a dork for even, uh, 
telling you this and I can yeah. tell by your face right now. You're like, what are you, where, am I going? where are you going? So f- a few years back, you, uh, you gave me a call up and you were like, Hey, I, I got a couple extra tickets to the football game. You want to come? Mm. And I was like, yeah, sure. I, you know, that'd be great. Um, and you know, living in Eugene, you get, you know, football yeah. tickets here and there every once in a while. I didn't realize that it was, you were inviting me to join you and your family at yeah, the football yeah, yeah. game. I thought it was like, you had two extra tickets. You couldn't go. Here you go. Um, so I invite my buddy Jordan to come and, and the two of us go to the game and we meet up with you and I could tell you were like, Oh, I thought it was going to be you and your wife joining <laughs> me and my wife. And I was like, Oh man, I felt like such a, you know, <laughs> I remember that now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, I just, uh, uh, I'm going to publicly in front of everybody just apologize for my uh, denseness. And uh, you know. my wife was really pissed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, oh, man, now I'm going to sit here next to a bunch of guys watching yeah. a football game. Yeah. She can handle it. Um, <laughs> so I know we, I, I do obviously need to pitch run a little bit more and talk about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I would love to to hear a little bit more. I know you guys are uh, – um, you're, you're launching – I mean, you're, you're already – you can buy it nationwide or is it worldwide uh, oh yeah we'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you a story about it oh so, yeah i'd love to hear a little bit um, more the story um so nick simmons i'm if you're listening to this and you lived in eugene for a while you you, you might have known that name but nick simmons was a, a professional runner here based in eugene um he's gonna he'll tell you springfield yeah um, <laughs> he lived in springfield but was part of oregon track club elite and signed by nike and he went and on a date with paris hilton went on time. a date with paris hilton back yeah. in 2012 <laughs> or so um he, you know, spent his entire career trying to find every single way to maximize performance. And he did a really good job of that being our a six-time U.S. champion, mm-hmm. making the Olympics twice. And, um, But the one thing he always hated um, from the very get-go was having to consume caffeine through coffee or energy drinks and things mm-hmm. like that. He was sponsored by Red Bull at one point. And um, the interesting thing about caffeine specifically – um, is, is it does have just like for all of us getting through the day at work, mm-hmm. it has a performance effect and performance enhancing effects for athletes mm-hmm. and it is also legal. So it's something yeah. an athlete can use. And so yeah. he always used caffeine, um, before workouts, <laughs> before races, um, just hated it sitting in his stomach, mm-hmm. um, hated the sloshing around of acidic liquid. And so he was actually a biochemist major, um, at Willamette university and studied bioavailability and how we hmm. absorb ingredients and knew the mouth was a, the sublingual and buccal glands in your mouth are a great way to absorb ingredients. And so wow, it's t- way, way more than a pretty athlete. Yeah. Then, and huh? so it, yeah. he was gonna, actually going to be a doctor. No um, kidding. He, was, he was going towards his doctor or going to become a doctor and then um, got pretty good at running and Nike offered him a contract. He's like, I guess I'll go try this for a while. <laughs> and most of his family was upset that he did that, but it worked <laughs> out for him. So I'd say um, so. And so he lit, he went to a manufacturer said, Hey, I, I, I want some caffeine gum. And you know, a lot of, there's very few gum manufacturers, but there are a few. Um, and he created a little product that was going to be his little stash for his last couple of years as a mm-hmm. runner. And he didn't, it didn't last long because he ended up giving it to his friends and competitors ah. and, and fellow training partners. Mm-hmm. And that's when him and Sam decided, Hey, we think we have a business here. Um, Nick, now Nick was a professional athlete. Sam was a coach and real estate developer, and I came mm-hmm. from event management. So we had no idea what we're doing with a consumer <laughs> package, good product. Yeah. But we knew we could get eyeballs on it. We knew we could create a marketing campaign that that would draw people's attention. And so we started as a direct-to-consumer business, created a, an online site, and 
just did Facebook and Instagram and a lot of social media stuff to get people's attention and grew it really quickly, really fast that way. Um, you know, it's called Run Gum. We, we designed it and formulated it with the elite athlete mm-hmm. in mind, but really created it for anyone on the run. But we knew tired parents. Yeah, tired parents. <laughs> we knew to grow this business, we wanted to launch it very niche and, and mm-hmm. within us instead of spreading ourselves out <clears throat> wide, saying hey, we're an energy product. We say, hey, we're a product for endurance athletes. Mm-hmm knowing that we could pivot and, and build upon that to launch to the mass markets. And so in the few years that we've been in business, the four and a half years that we've been in business now, um, you know, we, we've gone from a cute little e-commerce company to in every single running store in the nation to launching into um, locations like Vitamin Shop and REI to launching in Target last fall and, um, nationwide at target last fall mm-hmm. and i can't quite announce it yet sure um but here in the next um few weeks we'll be launching into um another very large national retailer so we've seen a lot of cool success and very quickly and you know it's it's still funny to think that you know we're selling gum essentially <laughs> yeah. um, but it is it is more than gum it is more like it it's more of a red bull it is more of a fiber energy that mm-hmm. we just dehydrated and put into a piece of gum and kind of said, Hey, we're, we're the evolution of a revolution of the mm-hmm. energy market. And so, um, just a few minutes of chewing and you absorb me immediately. So it's wow. faster. Um, you avoid the gut and you also just get the benefits of chewing gum out of it too. That's great. I, I love, I love the packaging. I think, I think your, your logo is about as good as any logo out there. Yeah. It's been um, really cool. Like, you know, as we've now hit in four years and you start not just in our community, you know, it's pretty obvious in our community. People knew Nick. People were, we're in market mm-hmm. choices. We're in all the, we're in Run Hub. We're in Eugene Running Company. We're in, I know we're in more, just obviously. And yeah, so locally, absolutely. it's, it's, you know, it's cool. I'm um, obviously mm-hmm. we're in the locally, local targets as well. Um, you know, and people would notice your logo and they're like, oh, Rungum, I love that stuff. And you, when you're in your hometown, you're, like, yeah, cool. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. But you know, we, we've gone places like, LA, Salt Lake, things like that. And people are like, oh, Rungum, I love that. Or you start hearing stories of like people that you don't really know, giving it to people that you don't know. Yeah. And hearing these stories of people like throughout the country using the product um, mm-hmm. in different ways. And it, it's it's still kind of surreal to be like walking around and someone noticing a logo that, you know, we've been hustling and working really hard to build <laughs> and people actually notice it, so. It, it is interesting because like, you know, here in Lane County, we, you know, I, I've been familiar with Run Gum for a very long time. Yeah. But like throughout the rest of the country, you're, 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 you're pretty new still for a lot of people. And yeah, um, I mean, beyond, you know, probably you know, the running community, the running community, track and field community, you know, we've, we've done a really good job. They've been aware. Yeah. And, and, and I would say there's still millions and millions of runners in the, in the country. I would tens of millions of people mm-hmm. and the, the people that run and do marathons and do races that haven't heard about it. But for the most part, like if you're a hardcore runner, mm-hmm. you've seen it. I at least have no, I've gotten you with um, Facebook ads. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is now neat to know that we're, we're going in more of the mass market world where you can use it for, you know, afternoons at work and things like that. And, and um, that people are noticing it in that mm-hmm. way too. Great. And so you guys also have a podcast. I'd love for you to. We do. We, we've we've always enjoyed creating content that's valuable for mm-hmm. our, our customers and our fans. And you know, Nick, it, I, I'd like to say preface like it's really nice to start a company when your CEO and founders 
somewhat of an influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, he's got. He's got. I, a I don't know how many you yeah. know followers he has on yeah. Instagram. Yeah, but he's got his, and time. so it, it's. But with that, it's, it's kind of where I always felt there's this responsibility. Of, hey, let's not just be a gum company. Let's inspire people to make mm-hmm. the most of their busy days. And um, you know, we, we kind of say this this phrase, um, just run the day. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we hope our product helps individuals and, and whether they're running marathons or running their kids around school or running late to a meeting that driving um, truck or whatever. Yeah. 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 That, you know, everyone wants to accomplish more every day. Um, and, mm-hmm. and we just, we want to help them run the day and not to let the day run them. And so we've always from day one been always thinking of ways to create content that's valuable. And, you know, at first we launched a podcast and this was at the time when Nick was still running professionally, <clears throat> Um, and I was the only employee. I was hosting a podcast. Um, <laughs> it was just the run the date or run gum podcast, I think. Um, and I would interview athletes and things like that. Um, and that was just because Nick couldn't do it. And yeah. so I was doing it. And so yeah. we've, we've had different variations. We've done vlogging. We've done obviously just blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last summer we, um, Nick retired from running. He moved back down to, um, he was running. He, had, he finished his career out of Seattle with Brooks and he moved back down, um, and you know he he wanted to start a podcast so we got that back going it's called run the day with nick simmons Mm. and we host athletes and entrepreneurs and and coaches and authors and and people that can give our listeners tips and tricks to make the most out of their busy days and so whether it's a trainer talking about workout easy workouts to do at the office or an author talking about life hacks or Mm -hmm. things like that nick nick hosts guests for you know a similar like 30 40 minute episode just um helping helping listeners um like i said run the day and so that that's our way of kind of doing it without our product is providing content like that very cool um i don't i don't do much with it anymore um i don't host it yeah um and i don't do too much of the production anymore but um I um, made it happen. I told Nick, you need to get behind a mic and tell people stuff because they like listening to you. Good so. work. Good work. Um, he just, uh, you were just sharing with me that he also just got done climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, last summer he went Mount Kilimanjaro and you could actually listen to those live updates if you go to any podcast app and look up Now Climbing, now climbing with Nick Simmons, I believe. Okay. Um, and, and we did little daily Collins with a sat phone to t- talk about the experience from day one in the jungle to on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. And so his, I feel like Netflix is going to give you a movie or a TV show. You know, after, that'd be, that'd that. be hope. We, we also filmed a documentary you, of yeah. that. Um, it's really good. If you go to <clears throat> rungum.com and, and search Kilimanjaro, you'd find it. Or um, just go to YouTube and search Nick Simmons. Um, you know, a lot of the, it, it's interesting <laughs> kind of being in this world of, you know, I, I, I have a lot of ideas of cool things, but I also um, don't have, I have my influencer CEO do most of it. So (laughs) I just sit in the background like, Hey, you should film a documentary while you're at it. Yeah, (laughs) You should take the sat phone. And so, um, yeah, he, he's, he, he did that. He's, but he's also full-time CEO now and he's worked really hard to go from athlete to entrepreneur. Um, yeah. So it's been fun to see him grow in that role. Awesome. Well, he, he's obviously has done a great job in his hiring process of hiring you to, to sounds like you've done a really great job. Um, bef- Nathan, before we uh, discuss top five places to go paddleboarding, mm-hmm. which I do want to get to, and I want to learn a little bit more about your journey of paddleboarding and, uh, and, and maybe even get some tips on people who, you know, how to get involved in paddleboarding yeah. themselves. Um, I'd like to give a, a, a commercial 
Mio Sushi, located in the Oakway Shopping Center, is my go-to place for sushi. Go and try my favorite rolls, the Rainier, the Mount St. Helens, and the Cocoa Roll. I think of the Cocoa Roll as a savory dessert because it's that good. Go and try Mio Sushi today and let me know what you think. Nathan, before we jump into the top five uh, paddleboarding uh, places in our area, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came up with this list? Yeah, so paddleboarding was a, a, I don't want to say lifelong journey, but a post-injury journey of me finding an activity I could do again. Um, the injury that we talked about there mm-hmm. um, left me with um, drop foot <clears throat> due to the loss of most of my anterior tibialis muscle, which is wow. the muscle that gives you dorsiflexion or to the layman, the the muscle that lifts up your foot. And so um, not having any of that function out of my, my left foot, left ankle made most activities difficult. Mm-hmm. And obviously running, um, you need that. Um, <laughs> biking, you need that. And so it was kind of this being a, a the athlete that, that I was and mm-hmm. growing up in the coast and, you know, surfing even, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of this from 2003 to 2009, <clears throat> like, what can I do? Like, yeah. I want to be fit. I don't want to let my body go. Like mm-hmm. I want to do activities and, but struggled to find something. And you're a competitive um, guy. You can see it in your, yeah. in the way that you are, you know, in the professional world as well as, you know, I, I can just imagine that you want and, to and I would say be like, good at what yeah, you do. Yeah. Competitive to my own self more than anybody. Like, yeah. I want to. And so it was, it was hard being like such an active kid to mm-hmm. like not hardly doing anything. And I was in Sun River at one point um, in 2009, I believe, 2009. And, you know, I went, you know, st- stood, put, stood my feet on a paddle board, kind of just like playing around and, and noticed like my ankle and foot weren't really needed. I was just standing there. Yeah. And, and you know, you grab a paddle and kind of the, the piece that you got of putting a paddle into the water and <clears throat> propelling yourself forward was like, and instantly it was like, Oh, I need to do this again. And, um, that kind of was just a spiral of finding more and more ways to do it at the time. And this was, I guess, I didn't do it too much between 2009 and 2011. I did mm-hmm. as much as I could find. And then in 2011, I got married and there was a group of local paddleboarders as it was kind of booming throughout the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and one specific gentleman who was kind of introducing it with people and he had a hodgepodge of boards, mm-hmm. old sailboards, and we would, um, he, but he'd invite people out and it was a Facebook group and you could get on a board, um, and just try it out. And I just, I was going every week, every week, every week. And then my wife bought me a paddle board for Christmas one wow. year. And then I was going out multiple times just on my own. And, and I was, I was finding not only was it an activity I could do, it was getting me in, in some of the best shape that I'd ever been in. Um, wow. not just like physically like feeling good, but like because of, all the tight muscles that I've had, my, especially mm-hmm. my left leg and my, my my foot, just from not, lack of function, mm-hmm. being on a board and balancing and little muscles that you have to use <coughs> to balance, yeah. it was improving my function of my leg. And so I was just falling in love with it um, and, and, and kind of just got obsessed with it um, in the years 2011, 2012, 2013, and mm-hmm. was doing it for work, doing workouts on it and, and was finding every excuse I could to get on the water. Um, and that led to one specific event in 2013, 2013 was 10 years away, 10 years 
anniversary for my injury oh, and yeah. I fell in love with this sport and wanted to do something unique. Um, and I chose to use paddleboarding to, um, kind of celebrate what, not what the injury was, but the experiences and the people that I've had since the injury mm -hmm. and kind of to prove, prove to myself. And then I think, uh, you know, obviously to show others that, you know, regardless of your circumstances, you get to choose how you respond. And, mm -hmm. um, I chose as kind of the moniker came, I chose to keep standing yeah. and, um, obviously physically and literally, yeah. uh, or physically, literally and, um, figuratively keep standing. So I chose to paddleboard from as kind of that celebration at the 10 year mark from here in Eugene, all the way to Portland. Um, wow. and, and that was kind of the crescendo of my paddling. You know, as I've had kids, it's been harder to get out as much as I can, but, um, but that was kind of the, the moment, you know, you know, I was I, on the Willamette river put in there, um, <clears throat> down in downtown and, and, Rode my board all the way to downtown <laughs> Portland over the course of a few days or course of two days, two and a half days. Wow. Um, and how'd you prepare for that? You know, I spent a lot of time on the rivers mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, you can't prepare too much, but I, I would paddle for a few hours a day. Mm -hmm. um, and it, there wasn't like, I had a friend that came out who was an endurance paddler from the Midwest <laughs> who came out and did it with me okay. and he would give me tips and tricks, but there's only so much you could do. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would do little floats between here and um, here in um, Harrisburg or here in Corvallis, like to kind of prep. Um, mm -hmm. But it was nowhere near what I needed to be. It was it yeah. was insanely hard because um, <laughs> it wasn't just a leisure. Like oh, I'll get to Portland when I do. It was like I'm getting to Portland by this time on this day. And so yeah, it wasn't it was, four hours a day, you know, and it took you two days. It no, was I, yeah, two days. I would sleep six hours. Or so I had two stretches about six hours of sleep and just hustled my way up there. And, you know, it was wow. an experience that I'll never, ever, ever forget. Um, and, um, it you do allowed, it again? yeah, I'm thinking about it here coming wow. up in this little bit. Um, you know, it was just such a cool thing. The, the hard, the, the difficulty and the challenge mm -hmm. was so fun. Um, looking, you know, like, and just realizing what I did and then, just the beauty of what we have here wow. in the Willamette Valley. Yeah. And it's just kind of cool to think like here, the Willamette river, it's kind of the cleanest, nicest it is. And then as you go, it's, it doesn't get nicer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it gets slower. Yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of just cool. You know, you, you see kind of the, this epicenter of our state, um, and, and the Willamette river is a part of that, um, mm -hmm. from, you know, and so, yeah, it was a really cool thing. Wow. It's very cool. Um, so that's kind of how you got into paddleboarding. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, who would you suggest would, you know, if someone's looking for this kind of outlet, you know, how would you suggest they got involved in if maybe they never even considered it, what would be your kind of pitch to be like, Hey, give it a shot. Or would you even do that to somebody? No, I, I think it's, it's one, it, you know, it, the, the peak of it is kind of plateaued. It got really, really popping. You're mm -hmm. seeing it everywhere. Um, it's still there locally. Um, you can, um, pick up equipment and boards at Oregon Paddle Sports out there in West Eugene. And then every summer, and I don't know um, when they, they'll get started, I'm not 100% sure they'll do it this year, but the last couple of years there was a group called SUP2U Org, Sup Oregon. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of a mobile group that had boards and they would <clears throat> schedule um, you know, afternoon um, paddle sessions or weekend paddle sessions. Mm -hmm. And they would have all the equipment and all that to you need to kind of give it a whirl. Um, 
it's it's a really very unique way um, to be on the water. Um, you know, there obviously there's been kayaking and canoeing and all that, but the perspective you get just being on the water like that is mm -hmm. a really unique thing. And then as far as like someone who does it to like, you know, I do it every, you know, here in the next few weeks, mm -hmm. once it gets a little bit, once the snow melts a little bit yeah, more for yeah. me, it is how I stay in shape. And, you know, it's an amazing, amazing physical workout because it's an entire body workout. I mean, from the, mm -hmm. your toes all the way up to your shoulders, your, core, your toes, your, your core. Toe, yeah. um, it, and, and there's other things you can do to, make it even more physical by, by actually doing workouts. And, you know, see people do yoga and yoga and things like that. So it's one of those things, if you're kind of tired of running or you don't <laughs> want the impact of that, or, or you just love being on the water, we have, you know, some of the best rivers <clears throat> in the country here flowing through our town and <laughs> right in the middle of our town. And, and, you know, there's, there, it's a really unique way to access the river and be part of it and, and be part of the, that water system that we have here in a very cool way. And, and so with that being said, you, you, there, there are a handful of places that you recommend and we're going to kind of get into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get to those top five, is there a place or two that maybe didn't make that list that is, is worth checking out or is it really these top five or the, um, the these are, I mean, these are the most location, the easiest locations to get to. Um, and cause they're all fairly close. They're it's fairly not, close and depend. I mean, Paddleboard <clears throat> stamp paddleboards are large. They're not small. I mean, you can yeah. get inflatables that are really nice. I have a few inflatables, and the inflatables have gotten really nice, which allow people who don't have like roof racks or things like that to get involved. What's the price range of a uh, a paddleboard? I, I know it varies. Yeah, it a varies lot. a ton. I mean, you can go to Costco. And I think you get like a board, like a soft top board for two ninety nine, and it comes with a paddle and a life jacket, and um, you know, and they have kind of from there all the way up, but you know, and obviously the quali quantity or quality goes with that. Um, sure. Obviously recreation boards are kind of general cheaper, but I mean, mm -hmm. they have boards for everything from racing that you can go to 2000 to obviously surfing based stand up mm -hmm. paddle boards to even, um, white water paddle boards like that are designed for you to like stand up while going through white water. Wow. Have you done that? Yeah. Um, wow. a couple of my inflatables are de designed for that. Nothing <clears throat> crazy, but like, Going through Bender or something. Yeah, going or, or even yeah. you know some of the spots on the Mackenzie and oh, Willamette sure, that that, um, that that are for that. So yeah, there there are you know one locations I didn't put on this list that it, it takes a little more planning to get out and you only got so many months of the year because mm -hmm. of snow and mosquitoes. But sure, it's just such a pretty <laughs> spot, and when you're paddling, you get such a different perspective looking down. But Waldo Lake, Waldo Lake, um, yeah. it is. I, I've done a few different overnights on Waldo's, like packing my paddleboard and you know, crossing the lake. And that lake is so, so, so clear. And I've done it on a kayak. And the kayak, mm -hmm. you, you don't – I mean, it's clear as a kayak, but when you get to stand above the water essentially and look down, it, it is – it's – some of the best photos I have on paddleboarding as well. Wow. Like I maybe should, maybe should have put this in the top five. But, you know um, what? You're giving it credit. That's um, cool. it, it, it's probably the beyond the Eugene to Portland paddle. Like my experience of doing overnight paddles at Waldo is probably the, my most like epic paddleboard experiences mm -hmm. that I've had. Wow. That's that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. We've, uh, I've, I've, I've gone paddleboarding a handful of times. I'm not very good at it. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I can I, stand, but it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a little more comfortable on my knees than yeah, I want yeah. to see. I, what I tell people generally, and it, once I kind of get over, it's like, 
hey, you're, you're in the water. Generally, you're doing it during the summer heat. It's okay yeah. to fall. Yeah. Um, and yeah. generally, it's kind of people get over the fact that they might fall in. They get mm-hmm. over the kind of the balance or like the struggles because they're not afraid to fall. But generally, like a lot of the balance issues more just they're afraid to fall. And it's like, <laughs> you're going to land in water. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a few years ago, I was actually uh, like on uh, the 4th of July, we were at Honeyman. Just mm. that didn't make your top you know list but no. it's just a very you know yeah it is a fun one yeah it's, it's a you know but it's just a normal you know mediocre easy place to get to yeah and uh we were we were out paddle boarding and um i'm you know i had come back to grab like a sandwich or something like that and i hear somebody screaming help help huh. help and i'm like i'm looking around and there's there's a guy who decided he was like a I don't know, 18 year old um kid who just thought he could swim the entire distance to this like uh one of the dunes well yeah he went from well he thought he could swim from like a uh, to a little island that was kind of that i was actually fairly close to and he had a like a four-year-old on his back (laughs) so i run i I get out there and i actually you know i paddle out to him i end up saving this guy uh you know luckily we were there you know and he had you know i put the little four-year-old on there and let him just kind of you know hold on to the back and mm-hmm. we, we pulled him back and he was, he was so humble. <laughs> he, he was like, I, I didn't look like he was that far. So people be safe. Yeah. He didn't have a life jacket or anything like that. Yeah, It is important safety with paddle boards. And you know, there, there's been a lot of, even on our own waterways of mm-hmm. people who, who died on paddle boards. And it's a combination of a lot of things, whether they didn't have a life jacket or they used a, a leash mm-hmm. when they shouldn't use a leash. And mm-hmm. we'll get into that more as we talk about the top five, but um, I know, you know nothing about that. <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, it takes a level of, you know, confidence mm-hmm. on the water and, and being smart. You know, a lot of times I think people think anything on the water, you can just yeah, be kind of crazy. Out. And whether it's the hot summer day and you have drinks in your hand or whatever. And so it's, it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, it takes just like anything, but like, it's something you have to do with safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Honeyman's a, it's, like two it's feet clear. Deep, right? Yeah. It's, it's like not even that. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. Um, but yeah. So anyways, let's, let's start with number five and go all the way back up to your, uh, your number one My favorite yeah. spot. So, yeah. um, you know, number five would be just because it, it, it is close and it is a larger <laughs> body of water and it's flat water. You don't have to worry about it, especially on, and you know, not, you know, not some days it's a little choppy, but just Fern Ridge, um, you know, from, sailing to kayakers and everything it, it's a really popular spot to be mm-hmm. on the water come summer they have the those that spot where you can put in on your way out 126 that's mm-hmm. kind of right before you get in that has come some smaller waterways but it's it's shallow it's warm mm-hmm. most of the time in the summer and um you know it does pick up wind in the afternoon that you have to be careful with but you know it's it's a great spot if if you just are running a board i know especially if you're mm-hmm. running a board at working paddle sports it's you know the, you're right the clo- there. yeah i yeah. mean you still have a little bit of ways to go but it's the closest one and i always recommend starting on flat water um, totally you know there's you know obviously there's there's rivers and there's oceans um but if you've never done <clears> it start on flat water mm-hmm. um and, and you know i don't always i as you'll see with this list, mine's based on, on be getting closer to being inside of Eugene and not like on the outskirts of Eugene. Yeah. Um, but Fern Ridge is a, a great spot to learn. Cool. Great. Um, you gave some good reasons for it. Working back up a little further. Number four, what would you give there? Um, 
you know, I'm doing I, this from memory, by the way. There's no uh, no piece of paper in front of him or anything. No, like that. Um, yeah. and, and this one's kind of a unique one. And this one I, I, I'm, I'm putting, um, I think I texted you something different, but then I thought of this <laughs> one. Um, and this is because the, the SUP2 U Oregon group, um, mm-hmm. um, like you said, if you go to Facebook, that's the easiest way to find them. Um, mm-hmm. SUP2 U Oregon. Um, and they do this every few out the, throughout the summer, but they'll go out to the Lieberg Dam uh, up oh. there on the Mackenzie. Um, and, and cross the dam there and, and um, bring their boards and allow you to paddle around there where people like to fish and things like that. And obviously, um, again, it, because it's you're at basically the dam, it's essentially a, another flat wa- water mm-hmm. um, place um, and where you can, especially when it's up to you, Oregon's up there, you can get on board really easily and kind of just power around and get, get your feet wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and I mean, anything up to Mackenzie is just beautiful the, with the scenery and the trees. And then, you know, I also have to say that my, my father-in-law works up on the dams up there. So that's also a shout out to him for yeah. keeping the water up and down at the levels. What's the dams. his name? His name is Michael Labrosser. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate the work you're doing to keep our area, uh, nice and beautiful. So that's number four. Yeah. Let's... Number three. Um, this is probably the, <clears throat> Easiest place to learn. Um, and again, sometimes a step to you Oregon mm-hmm. group will be there in the evenings. Um, and I am there almost all the time, uh-huh. um, especially before like kind of <clears throat> the early spring um, when the rivers are still running high, but the Otten canal, yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it, it's not necessarily the, the thing you want to fall into per se. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but putting there right there at the, the <coughs> footbridge there, essentially there's that, you know, the parking lot for the dog mm-hmm. park and there's, there's the canoe basically lo- loading and then you can go up about a mile, you know, through the little foresty area into the pond and then up, um, near the homes that at some point you need to, you need to watch those homes carefully and let me know when any of them come on, come online you or come it. available because Absolutely. Those homes along a canal would be my, I'd be paddling constantly. So if you find one of those homes ever come listing, um, yeah, I'll I'll put whatever, whatever (laughs) price I'll put down. Don't don't say that right now. Okay. Dang it. Someone's going to come and say, I'll sell it to them. Um, But the Austin Canal is just an awesome place. Um, We're going to get you a deal. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, um, you know, it's just really cool because you're, you're seeing a lot of going, what's going on in our community, whether it's the dog park and, and all the commotions <clears throat> from baseball games and mm-hmm. lacrosse and, and soccer and obviously football games at Otson. Well, and the concerts that and have the concerts, right there, like the, if you go down yeah. that far, you hear the co- co- concerts at the, um, at the theater. And then, and then you're right there on priest trail too. I mean, yeah. you're pa- essentially paddling and it's really funny to paddle along there. And I, I, I'll do it for a workout. So I'm trying to move as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. And, and <clears throat> when you're going down, back down the canal, so back from, up above back down towards Otson, like mm-hmm. you get a little bit of work from the water um, <coughs> and like kind of passing like the slower joggers and things. They like look at you and like, what are you like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just cool. Cause you're right in the heart of city. It's really easy to learn there. Cause the mm-hmm. water's essentially not moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and which and makes you, it kind of gross also. Which but, it makes yeah. it gross. Uh, like, um, especially if you're like in the pond area. Yeah. But, um, it is moving enough. Sure. Like it's moving enough where no, it's gorgeous. Even if you do fall, like it's only thigh high, like so it's not that bad. Um, um, <clears throat> and you only get a little bit of sludge on the bottom of yeah. the thing. So, um, it's but yeah, c- 
Number three is the Otten Canal. I love it. Um, I've actually, uh, yeah, in the in the little stream near the Cuthbert a few years back, uh, uh, I probably broke some sort of rule, and we we were out there, and we we did it during like at nighttime during one of the concerts. Yeah, and so we could you know kind of we were listening to I don't remember it may have been uh, on the backside, the backside. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's a little shady back there, but uh, but yeah, we got a little bit of a free concert, and it was yeah, it was I've, it was a fun night out. I've done a little. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people that will sit in canoes or their yeah. packs and do it, and I've done it once on a paddleboard, just not because I cared who was there, totally, but I was just like. I want to be on my paddleboard. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I think it was Carney actually is what we oh, okay, saw. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's not like we couldn't got in, you yeah. know, and you know all that. But it was a, it was a, it was a fun night, memorable night with uh, Emily and Michael Rand. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys are listening. You all better right. be listening. You better be listening. <laughs> you are, you are our main Hawaii watcher or listeners right now. You and the Kegels. So keep my. Uh, Keep my searches in in uh, in Hawaii up high, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right, all right. Number two, um, you know, and and these go to I wouldn't recommend anyone going on a river their first time paddleboarding. Um, it, the complexities of moving water yeah. is not to be taken lightly. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you're, I mean it. It's dangerous whether you're sitting in an inner tube or on a kayak, and and I would say even more potentially while you're on a paddleboard, just because you're up and you're standing above the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this will give me my one little tip: mm-hmm. when you are paddling on the water, mm-hmm. um, obviously use a life jacket. <clears throat> I would recommend even a helmet, um, oh. just because there's spots within our rivers that have absolutely um, that have you know, rocks and things. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be my recommendation. Um, and then the unique thing about paddleboarding is a lot of times you think you should wear a leash, mm. but when you're on a river, you should not. Um, mm. because if you happen to fall while you're going down a rapid, um, and, and mm. that leash gets caught and you are underwater and you can't separate from your board, um, it's pretty dangerous. Um, I would say it, and don't wear a leash unless you have a quick release leash, um, mm. that are kind of made, um, for that made for paddle boarding in the river. So mm-hmm. if you do fall in and your leash gets caught on some rock, um, you can move away from that flat mm-hmm. water. Like if you're on Fern Ridge, wear a leash cause if the wind blows you down. You don't want that board going, but when you're on a river, um, never wear a leash unless it's a quick release leash. Um, obviously have a paddle, um, your life jacket, no matter where you are. Um, but number, so moving into rivers, um, <clears throat> number two is, um, floating the Mackenzie on a paddleboard, nice. whether you go from Hayden Bridge down to Armitage or that that landing there at, off of 14th Street Bridge or 14th Street, I forget the name of that landing there, but um, you could do that landing, and I should have known it, but I just know it's off 14th Street. <laughs> That's okay. On, yeah. Off Hayden Bridge Road, um, there's that landing or boat ramp, and go down to Armitage. That's about an hour, a little paddle. So that's a really fun one on a hot summer day in the afternoon when you have sunlight for a while. Mm. Um, there aren't too many crazy rapids in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Just that the worst rapid is the little if you floated the Mackenzie. There's that little <laughs> rapid that happens to be at that rock where. Um, our local community or some of our local community like to go and lay out without clothes. <laughs> um, and so th- there is a little bit of rapid there that you can yeah. avoid. I liked to go on the rapid, um, <laughs> um, but it's an easy little paddle and it's fun on a hot summer day with that, the crisp, cool water of the Mackenzie. Yeah. Um, that just seems to be always a little bit colder. Um, and, and you'll see fish flowing through that. 
that's the other cool thing about paddleboarding on the rivers is because you have that perspective of seeing down you don't have the same glare so you see fish just everywhere so the mckenzie float from the boat landing at 14th street to armitage do do people ever fish from yeah i i've I've fished from paddleboards um not always like fishing while standing um mm-hmm. but i'll use the paddleboard to get to a location to fly fish that yeah. it's harder to get while you're in a boat or yeah. you can't get to from any <clears throat> land walking access so um i've done it on flat water or some of the high aspen lakes as well mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it's it's a thing there yeah. there's down in florida and and in, in, in flats mm-hmm. so in like the flat waterways <clears throat> um it, it's much more popular um you know in water that's only a few feet deep, but there's a lot of grass. People mm-hmm. will use paddle boards to, cause you can't really use motors to kind of paddle around, but yeah. a little less up here. I've actually even, and Nick's kind of the one who got me into this, but um, we've gone to the coast a couple of times and, and crabbed off paddle boards. So. Oh really? That sounds fun. So yeah. that's, a, that's another unique paddle boarding <laughs> little thing that didn't make the top five is just being in the, the, the bay of, or the, the Florence yeah. and, and just dropping crab pots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you get the weirdest looks, but who cares? Who cares? Um, yeah, you're getting some crab out of the deal and mm-hmm. get out, be out in the fresh water. Yeah. No. So before we get to the number one, um, wh- where where all have you paddleboard? Like, what are some of the best places around the U.S.? I don't know any anywhere else throughout the world. Yeah. So I I um my I've, obviously favorite places I think is still some of the, the waterways we have here in um in, awesome. in the area. Um, I, I just think it's such a unique, and, and I haven't done this yet, but the one thing I want to do at some point is, it's just, I mean, we have Eugene Cascades Coast for a reason, but we have mm-hmm. such unique waterways. There's not any pla- too many places in the entire world that you could be on a high Aspen Lake in the middle of the Cascades with snow around you, <laughs> um, paddling a very blue crystal clear lake like Waldo, to then moving down into white water <clears throat> condition wow. paddleboarding. Mm-hmm to flat water, whether you're on the lower side of the river or on a lake, to then beelining it to the coast and surfing, right? Wow. You could do that yeah. all in one day, and I need to do it at some point. Wow. It's been kind of a bucket list for me. But there's not many too many places in the world that you could do flat water in Aspen Lakes, flat water on rivers, white water, and surf within wow. potentially. I know I have kind of scheduled. You could do it all in one day. So it's a really unique place <laughs> that we live, the type of water and type of adventures you can do, um, not just obviously paddleboarding, but all the, just between the different levels. You know, I've paddleboard in San Diego. Um, it's pretty nice to have 80 degree weather all the time. Sure, yeah. Um, I've paddleboarded down in, um, man, I can't even think right now. Um, I can't put you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't, I guess, traveled too many places. Um, sure. Um, but yeah, San Diego's been nice. Um, obviously down, I'm, I'm from Coos Bay originally, so yeah. whether it's in the ocean in Coos Bay or um, just in, in the bay of Coos Bay, I'm paddling around there is a really cool experience for me because I never really, it's just a different perspective of the town you grew mm-hmm. up in, seeing it from the water. Um, <laughs> and there's there's some other random places throughout. I haven't done anything too extreme, too crazy. Um, Deschutes mm-hmm. is obviously in Sun River and Bend, a very fun place to be paddleboarding mm-hmm. as well. And especially with the white water park that they have there. Um, it's a really, you know, they, they have the, they make those man-made ways so you can surf. And um, yeah. I'm really hoping one day 
Eugene Springfield um, decides whether it's there in the Glenwood during that mm -hmm. development or even under, with the new eWeb development, they consider putting in one of these man-made whitewater parks because it not only does it help the river in a lot of ways because they mm. structure it in a way to have less stagnant water and it, it helps <laughs> with the um, wildlife and help with fish, but it also Absolutely. provides recreation. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will, and before we get into number one, the one thing that's always been a weird thing to me for our area that we live in is we have two of the prettiest pristine rivers mm -hmm. that flow through our town and we have some of the worst access to them. Um, wow. As you head up the Willamette River and you go into Corvallis and Albany and Salem <clears throat> and obviously all the way up mm -hmm. and into Portland, they create awesome parks that create easy access to the mm -hmm. rivers to use the river for recreation. And in Eugene, there's not a lot of temp there. I mean, there's not a lot of locations that allow it for that. Um, and it's hopefully at one point change. I always yeah. think that we could put in a whitewater park at either the Glenwood area or we're in eWeb mm -hmm. where there's already some pilings from old things and create a really unique recreation and tourist attraction. Absolutely. Um, yeah. where, and Boise's done it. A lot of cities that are our size throughout the country have been putting in these <clears throat> whitewater man-made white water parks and yeah. i think our our town could do that so I don't, I don't know who i need to talk to but um at some point i think that needs let's, to happen let's get that ball rolling <laughs> i like that um all right let's uh let's let's jump to uh to number one so i've said it a few times here um it was what carried me from eugene to portland uh -huh. uh, and that's the willamette river Absolutely, um yeah there, there's something about it just being in <clears throat> the heart of the city and being yeah. on the water, you know, and, you know, there's a couple of different locations. You can obviously float it, um, whether you're floating from like D street down into Springfield and, and going down to like Beltline and you float mm -hmm. the whole thing with a little bit of white water, not really white water, some small class sure. ones and twos, um, nothing really too, too, <clears throat> too worrisome. Um, and there's something you really, you, I just, I think really cool to be on the river and people do it all the time when they're on in inner tubes and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, but obviously I like doing it on paddleboard. And one of the unique things that I do, and again, it's one of the funny looks you get is I'll put in right at North bank mm -hmm. um, and I'll paddle up river. Um, and, and you know, there, you can hit eddies in a way that allow you to paddle up river. You, you just get in the areas yeah. where the rapids not, and you can actually paddle up <coughs> river and it's not necessarily easy, but you can mm -hmm. get up river and you maybe portage around, but paddling up river and like going above rapids and I'll get to, I'll go from North bank up to kind of Autzen footbridge. Yeah. Um, and then kind of turn around and come back down. So that's one of the fun, more fun things to do. Um, just paddling around North bank and ferry street bridge. Um, the water is not moving from basically the foot, Peter DeFazio footbridge mm -hmm. down to oh uh, what's the uh, Lamb Cottage um, uh, in the um, the park there um, those locations you can paddle just around mm -hmm. without um, too much issue with feeling like you're on a river and it's going to take you down river you can kind of do loops and things and mm -hmm. um, even if you're you've done it a few times, you'd be comfortable enough to go in back and forth there. So that's a really good location. And then I do my morning workouts in the summer there at um, the D street boat launch in Springfield, mm -hmm. just above I five bridge and where they have those, the old kind of concrete structures there in the water. And I'll just do, it's essentially a dam right there as well. So that's another location if you want to be on the river, but never really done it. It's fairly flat water there. It's not moving very mm -hmm. much. 
Um, and for me, that's where I'll do my daily workouts in the summer, um, getting up early. And it's really, it's really funny. So, <clears throat> and as we kind of close out the number one, um, mm-hmm. kind of tying it back to um, run gum a little bit. So come summertime, um, when we, we got sun, sun in the, are the packs waterproof packs are waterproof. The first round we, when we launched, they were not, um, oh, wow. and I, yeah. I was on the, I was actually at the canal and I was like, it, well, the gum was always fine. Cause that was foil, but the print, sure. the print of it was rub would rub off. I was yeah. like, guys, we need to fix something. I'm like, I'm a water guy. I need good condition, but <laughs> yeah. it's really unique is it's not really neat, but it's really cool. kind of just feeling to have early in the morning and the sun's rising um, at like five thirty in the mm-hmm. morning, um, I'll be paddleboarding up and around D Street, and Nick will be coming down in. in, in <laughs> uh, no, no, oh. no. He'll, he'll be on his in his um in his boat, his drift boat, oh. fishing, <laughs> and we're just the two people you know on potentially the entire Willamette, at least between here and I don't know Salem somewhere. <laughs> like that, we're the two guys that are on the water at five o'clock in the morning, and so. Um, I, I, I kind of said it again. I think the Willamette River is one of the best waterways, obviously, in Oregon. It's the lifeblood to so much of our state when you think of the irrigation it provides to all the farmers in the Willamette Valley. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for recreation, it's it's amazing. And, and and it's just a for me, obviously, that just that feeling of knowing what I, it's taken me to Portland. It's, it's always going to have like my favorite number one spot. And as you learn and grow, it's just an, a, it's a really fun thing to be on when yeah. in Eugene here in, in our own home, cutting through Springfield, cutting through mm-hmm. um, the heart of our city and um, along the bike pass. So you just got to, you get a feel kind of what our city is all about, but you're just the one on the water and, but you get to see, the cars moving and the construction happening and the people running along the bike paths and the bikes going on the bike paths and the restaurants and really excited for what E-Web and the Glenwood become. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just hoping one of them wants to do a little bit more with the, the waterway. I love it. Um, and great ideas. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this podcast. Um, I hope I, we didn't go too long. I, I find myself, I talk sometimes. You know, I, I wasn't sure what a <laughs> paddleboard, you know, centered um, podcast is going to sound like, but I, I really enjoyed it. So I really hope the listeners have also. Um, and it, and honestly, I, I have absolutely loved, I mean, this, this is what this podcast is all about is, is we live in such an incredible place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've lived in England. I've lived you know, in London. I lived in Pen- uh, Philadelphia. I've lived all, you know, all over the place. You know, I'm from kind of the Portland yeah. area, Columbia County. And, uh, man, I choose Eugene. I mm-hmm. choose, you know, I live in Crestwell. I choose Lane County. I, I love this area. Um, and I just love seeing the the love that you have for this, this area, you know, just come out in your words here. And so, um, you know, you, your business as well as just your love for this community is part of what helps make this place so great. So thank you. Yeah, we love um, being here. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I like to end every podcast by putting what I call putting over, um, people in places that are helping to make our community a great place to live. Um, do you have anybody that you'd like to give a, or any place you'd like to give a shout out to? You know, one, one organization that I, it's been super helpful for us as a business. It's been super fun for me to get involved with. And that's, um, the rain Eugene program. Um, what is it? It's the, Regional Accelerator and Innovation Network here in Eugene. Okay. And it's a nonprofit that's co- a collaboration between University of Oregon, City of Eugene, 
um, Chamber of Commerce, and their their whole premise, their whole mission is to help the the innovation and entrepreneurial community here in Eugene. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's their accelerator program that they bring on businesses that are launching to help them kind of get their foundation set to weekly classes and mentorship programs for people mm-hmm. who are wanting to start a business, have started a business, are struggling to grow their business and kind of everywhere mm-hmm. in between. Um, it's a really cool thing that we have in our community that in not even large cities have, um, but we have, and you know, they have their, their building there on, I think Oak street there, um, not too far from the, the, the station or the bus station there in downtown and they're involved. And there's just a lot of people involved with that that are really important people for, um, the, the growth of our, um, community when it comes mm-hmm. to bringing in new businesses and helping the, the startups in our community, which, you know, the, the startups and the, the new business they're coming there's to a lot of levels are the, the lifeblood a lot to a lot of the stuff that's happening, Absolutely. especially within the, the tech and the Silicon Shire, I believe we call it. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's very cool. It, it's just, if, if you are starting a business or you're mm-hmm. looking to start a business, they, they have resources and mentors that are ready to help. Um, you know, it's been, helpful for us as we grow our company and it's been fun to then come back and you know i've talked i've taught some marketing kind of saturdays there and things like that just to to see people that in our community that want to grow their and Mm -hmm. kind of build their dream and and you know reigns there to collaborate with some important entities like the city eugene and the chamber of commerce and university of oregon and springfield to um, help that that community and then other one that i'm just been a fan of lately um and it's just down the street for me, but what the group did with the old Sprout yes. um, First Church and Public House it is such it. a, such a, f- I'm just so glad that I, I used to put on events there and that was already kind of one of my favorite places mm-hmm. when it was just Claim 52 and the, the restaurants and Sprout was it, but the, yeah. what they've done to it and how quick and how it's become like a staple for a lot of people. It's just a fun, all that new outdoor seating. They all have, the outdoor and seating. That's, the, that's like my favorite like spot to go house. to right now. It's hard for me to like on a Friday night we're Friday night. Yeah. It's Friday. Right and, uh, now. It's hard for me. Like when Cecilia and I are talking to like, where should we go to not say, like, Hey, let's just go to public house. Cause yeah. it's just the, the, the vibe there is awesome. I love it. Yeah. That, that whole area of Springfield is just really, I, I really enjoy it when it comes to, you know, I, I like chow when it comes to hamburger. I think it's got some of the best hamburgers in town. Yeah, and you got, you got Washburn town. You got the Washburn cafe. You got more coming. You got cornbread cafe coming in. You have Bertoli pizza. You have, George yeah. and Violet Steakhouse. It's been really cool. I've been wanting to go there. Have you been there yet? I have not yet. Um, I've, I've heard, I've, I've heard awesome some good things. things. It's, it's just, it is cool. You know, I, I live in Springfield and uh, not too far from just right there in the heart of the city. And it's cool to, in just my few years of living there, to see it providing like a reason to be there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it goes to, you know, a lot of people in the city to trying to make that happen. And a lot of businesses choosing to do that. Um, and, and so I, I, I frequent that place a lot more and I'm thankful for that. That's awesome. Uh, Nathan, again, this is, this is exactly, you know, what this podcast is all about. Um, I had a, a small little shout out I wanted to give to natural grocers and specifically Yakov. Um, every time I come in there, they are, the whole staff is always super friendly and helpful. Um, I swear I've been there times and they've helped me, uh, probably more than my doctor has at different <laughs> moments. Um, the whole staff is super knowledgeable. So if you're looking for natural food or maybe a natural way to take care of like a nagging symptom or bodily issue, 
Um, I highly recommend uh, talking with Yakov and uh, or the rest of the team at Nat- uh, Natural Grocers. They have they have class free classes throughout the week. Um, anyways, I hadn't been you know I just started going there again in the last year, and I've just been really um, happy with the service and the the quality of what they what they bring to our community. So. Um, Thank you, everybody there. Nathan, thank you so much for joining no, appreciate us. It. It was, one, it was good to connect with you. It's always fun to when you make this get me excited. And it's excited. I'm, I'm already kind of ready for the warm weather because I want to get on my board now. So <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. see a random dude on a big yellow board, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, I see you have some you have some run gum there. Is that is that something I can give away to maybe a, a listener? Giveaways or for your late nights? Actually, oh, I can give man. you more. Give, give away this one to a listener. Um, you right. know, we have five flavors mint cinnamon fruit and bubblegum bubblegums are brand new one that are, are what are in our original strength and then we have an extra strength as well so yeah give it away to the listener however you want to do that awesome so uh if um to the listeners uh go ahead and comment on this uh on this thread tell us a place that that you uh really enjoy going to uh during the summer and uh and i'll give this away to some lucky person it's a uh mint run gum it's so great uh, also Pick it up at Target. Pick it up wherever you end up. Market seeing choices it. here locally. Market yeah, choice. And obviously the running stores, Run Hub and Eugene Running Company. That's awesome. Yeah, go to the Eugene Running Company. I love that place. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Nathan. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks. Hey, keep standing, y'all. Yeah. Hi, I'm Aaron Stansbury, a broker with Keller Williams Eugene Springfield, the host of the Eugene Life Podcast, and your Lane County real estate expert. Did you know that statistically you or someone you know is looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate every month? So if you are ready to reap the benefits of owning your own home, or maybe you have outgrown your current home and need an extra bedroom, please think of me, Aaron Stansbury. You can contact me at my website, theeugenelife.com. That is theeugenelife.com.